Hello, and welcome back to Dive In with XO, Swimmer Girl XO, um, otherwise known as Catherine. I am her, and um, hello. Every week, honestly, I record my intro twice or three times because I trip over this wording, and um, yeah, it's just really funny. So, hi, I'm Catherine. If you're new here, if not, how has everyone's week been? My TikTok username is XO, Swimmer Girl XO, and that is why this is called Dive In. Um, I have a lot of things I want to talk about this week. Also, full disclosure, in terms of um, complete honesty, I recorded an episode yesterday about Adderall. Um, I have ADHD, and Adderall is the prescription that I use to help manage the behavioral aspects of ADHD while living in a world that isn't designed to fit ADHD. Um, and I was really emboldened in the episode. And so I don't really think I want, I don't know if I want to post it. So I'm recording this now. Um, Adderall, I mean, my ADHD is something that's really obviously close to me because it's me. It's like a, just a descriptor of how my brain is wired. And um, I have filmed many a TikTok and then deleted from my drafts about my opinions of like the recreational use of Adderall in the media. And um, I just, I think as things get, when something is really personal to you, you want to make sure your comments on it are as potent as possible. And you want to make sure that your comments on it are also um, direct. And the thing about ADHD, I have realized as I've understood my ADHD as I've gotten older, um, is that my emotional reactions to things can be considered more extreme than somebody who doesn't have the same wiring that I do in my brain. And I think there's like an insecurity that I have that I am, that when people hear me say things, they're like, she's just dramatizing things. And so I don't want that insecurity or maybe even like stereotype at this point of people with ADHD um, to cloud the message that I have about Adderall in general. And, um, it's a positive one. I mean, Adderall has changed my life. Um, my ADHD diagnosis has changed my life. It is really implicit in me. I was diagnosed when I was eight years old. I have an episode on this in the beginning um, that you might want to check out. I don't want to have to run through. Um, I don't want to have to run everybody through the same thing if you're new here. Um, but I was diagnosed at eight, understood it more in college, as you guys know. And I adjusted my medication when I was 25 because I was on the same amount of medication that an eight-year-old would be on. And that that adjustment um, was a big deal for me. Um, my doctors had suggested I adjust it before, and I had so much shame around doing so that I attribute to the conversation around Adderall in, like, colloquial, like, parts of my life and the media. Um, in Delivered from Distraction, which is the second part of Driven to Distraction, as you all know, it's my favorite like book of all time by Dr. Hallowell and Dr. Gady. Um, there is this statistic that ADHD, of all of the diagnoses in the DSM-5, ADHD has the most readily accessible misinformation online at any time. That isn't to say that other ones don't have readily accessible information, but it's just... And I remember that sticking with me. And yes, that book is not from 2022 and there could be more up to date things. But ADHD and living with it has been interesting because, you know, on one hand, there are so many people in my life, I guess, 
um, even distantly, I think, who question if ADHD is a thing. Like, there's so many times, I think, in day-to-day life where you hear people say, like, just, like, focus. Like, I procrastinate, too. Um, They're like, it's not real. Like, and, you know, you see online and you see in, like, media. Like, I'm a big Law & Order SVU fan. And I remember there's, like, episodes where people are, like, everyone's trying to get Adderall because ADHD is fake, but Adderall helps you get straight A's. Like, that's been kind of, like, the understanding And it's funny because when I've come to terms and acceptance with my ADHD mind, um, I've talked about it more. And when I would talk about it more to people, all of a sudden the conversation came from not like it's fake. I mean, they didn't say that it wasn't fake, but they'd be like, how do I get a script? Tell me what to say, which I'm like, wow, it's kind of funny if it's so difficult to get something that's fake. And, you know, I can even hear the anger in my voice now. And that's something that I'm I'm trying to come to love in terms with, you know, because I have ADHD. I do not have any other neurological, like ADHD is the thing I am medicated for. And that medication, Adderall, helps me manage my day-to-day symptoms of ADHD. And because it is illegally distributed, I um, it is so highly controlled. And so every 28 days, I have to 28 days, no earlier and like because if it's earlier people think you're still like selling it I have to get a new prescription from my doctor I know it's like woe is me but I get a new prescription from my doctor and then I have to most now it's like a little more automated because I have um, gotten more trust with my doctor but most of the time for people you get this prescription you have to pick it up with your ID and then you have to go to CVS or Walgreens and at least one time a year the medication is like out everywhere and so you're like waiting, 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 and they tell you it's out, and it's just like coordination. I always, I've joked more colloquially for myself, how many times can I say colloquially in one episode, that coordination for me is the ADHD Olympics, because I am not, that is, I I know it's so difficult for me. My brain, it takes a lot of mental energy for me to coordinate something who isn't, that somebody who doesn't have my wiring could do. And like, you're just like calling all these Walgreens. There's, it's just, it's such a thing <laughs> to do. And the illegal distribution of my medication does not help that, you know? And as I've gotten older, I didn't drink in high school. I drank alcohol in college. I'm not a big alcohol drinker. I did drink alcohol later in college. I've always been really afraid of losing control, which is kind of like, it's all, everything is attributed to my ADHD, but really, um, Oftentimes I've heard my therapist has said this and I've no psychiatrists have said this as well, that um, when you live with a mind that feels disorganized, it's natural to want to organize the external parts of your life. So I've always been drawn to routine and structure while I am like I feel incapable of implementing it. That's something I don't get. And when I look at actually my, my healthiest relationships in my life have always been with somebody who is routine. Like my first love went to college to play football and his schedule, like that worked for me. My brain felt like safe there. Like I feel a lot of safety and I feel in awe of people who are capable of doing things that I don't feel I am capable of doing. Like my boyfriend, Nick, who I love (laughs) is so routined and it is like the hottest thing about him, which is also a, a side note. The funny thing about having a podcast with my name and sharing online is like, I don't really, I mean, I could look at the analytics of this, but that would just send me spiraling. And Nick's 
just the best thing that's ever happened to me. And his family is so kind and supportive. And so I'm afraid that one of them is going to, like they listened to my episode with him. Hopefully they're not listening to this, but if any of them are, I'm sorry for saying that he's hot. Um, It's just, anyway, he is extremely hot to me. And his like, he's so routine and is so organized. And it's like funny because I've heard, I don't know. I don't know if people who are like that always uh, realize how big of a deal it is to people like me. Um, I digress. My Adderall has really changed my life. And so I think because nowadays we're not like people are talking more and more about mental health online. We're still figuring out the kinks of it all. Um, I just see a lot of misinformation about that online. And it makes me feel bad for people who Maybe we're like me. And, you know, anytime you say that Adderall, like I see on TikTok what it feels to be all the time. People say like Adderall gave me and then they list the behavioral symptoms of ADHD. They're like, when I was on Adderall, I was X, Y and Z. And I'm not trying to dispel a like a relationship to a medication. There are many medications used to treat ADHD. Adderall is just one of many. And in case anybody was wondering, I don't even take name brand Adderall. I take amphetamine salts. Um, and I encourage people, and I, I think it's great to talk about stuff online. It's just when people say that, most of the time people take it as gospel. And it makes me wonder how the conversation would go if instead of turning online, someone turned to a PCP or a psychiatrist Um, because like these seem to be the things that that you work out like if a medication works for you and you know I'm also very lucky Adderall was the first medication I was put on for ADHD um, and it worked I was put on it when I was young I was taken off of it because I was actually considered an Adderall baby which sounds like my mom was like on um, Adderall having me that is not the case but when I had um, the it was the first time Adderall was used um, to treat ADHD was 1995. That's when I was born. So it's like kind of funny. And then I was diagnosed at eight, whatever. I digress. But you see online, people are like, oh, I love a good Adderall time, whatever. It's just like, it's frustrating to me. Um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about it with my doctor. Um, I've had access to a lot of things in my life. I'm an extremely privileged person. And so even access to that diagnosis at age eight meant a lot. And I remember all of my pediatricians would constantly tell me actually that because I had ADHD, I was more susceptible to developing addiction to drugs and alcohol, which is why I was afraid to drink. And I don't mean, and I want to make this very clear to boil down the complexities of addiction, which I consider the same in a same vein as ADHD. It's not something somebody chooses. It is a wiring. It is, it's not a choice and it's complex. If it was simple, why would someone choose it? Um, but I avoided a lot of things for a lot of my life because I was afraid of, uh, I was afraid of that. Um, many people who do struggle with, with addiction um, have ADHD brains. And that is because in the brain with ADHD, you there tends to be kind of like a dopamine lack um and i'm not obviously a doctor um and dopamine is like that good feeling you get when you complete a task and so because we have less dopamine this is painting with very broad brush um that initial hit of any substance um we are more likely to be hooked to it um adhd is i think we're gonna find is present in some of the greatest most impressive creative minds and i guess 
if you think of the universe as a balance, you they're incredibly creative. We're all incredibly creative, but and not but and because of that, we're incredibly vulnerable to other things. Um, I dig I I do fully digress on that. I, I my point is. Actually, no, cutting, circling back. Because of that, I was always afraid I'd develop addictions um, or I'd have an addiction. I don't know the correct wording on that. And if anybody who follows me does, um, let me know. I appreciate, like, please, I want to be educated on making sure that I'm talking about things in the correct manner. Um, My point is, my doctor specializes in addiction. I looked her up when I became an adult and left pediatrician because I was so afraid, right? Um, and, and you hear that everywhere. Like people say, like I was addicted to Adderall. And so I talked to my doctor about this and I talked to her and I was scared. Like I was kind of crying when I admitted before I got my adjusted medication because I felt like such a failure that I couldn't beat out ADHD. I was like, why can't I rewire my own brain? And she was like, well, um, uh, mm, (laughs) like, let's think about what you're saying here. Uh, And from the words of my physician and then through me, Adderall is not an addictive substance and addiction in general is not as simple as um, we all make it seem. And I think making it seem simple is extremely invalidating to people who struggle with it. And that bothers me. And especially when you've been when you've grown up afraid of it because of ADHD, there's just so much conversation online of of people withdrawing from that. And it's just. I don't know. I, I just don't like it. And I just thought I just wanted to say it on here because I don't feel as comfortable saying it on TikTok. Also because I think TikTok weirdly like monitors how you say it and it's just odd. Um but yeah, so that's just kind of like my thoughts on Adderall. It's it's gotten different. Like people go out and do it at parties. I'm aware. I talked to my doctor in depth about my anger with it. She was she's helped me have some peace. She said that many times people who illegally use this substance um, and and develop what they think to be an addiction to it actually would benefit from using it and don't have the access to ask for um, a diagnosis. Sorry if you just heard that. It was my computer. And frankly, I just, you know, we're running, we're just a one-stop shop here and I don't, I don't know if it's going to do it again. So anyway, with that, I know that access issues are huge, especially in America. So I thought I'd run us through some Uh, vocabulary vernacular that I know pretty well and I think people online don't seem to and so I have a PCP like a a primary care um, like physician I don't even know what that means I guess I I say I'm gonna know what it means but I don't know Um, most people online talk about going to therapy and there are different types of therapists you can have like different behavioral therapy cognitive behavioral therapy uh, obviously you can tell the ones I have had and then other ones that I have not had um, therapists are licensed per state and most of the time they have like li- their LCMC, which is a licensed mental health counselor, um, or they've gone to school for psychology. Um, I think most of the time, to my understanding, psychologists are people who then move to get PhDs and the person who can write you a prescription other than your doctor is like your primary care physician is your psychiatrist. So a psychiatrist is somebody who has gone to every year of medical school. They've gone through the rigor of medical school and they have specialized in psychiatry. And so 
if you are given, they usually are the ones to write a diagnosis if you go through an exam for that. Um, I know the one, the neuropsych exam, like a psychiatrist puts that on. Um, Dr. Hallowell is a psychiatrist. He diagnosed himself with ADHD in medical school, which I found really cool. Um, they are the people who monitor your prescriptions to ensure that they are helping you. You usually see a psychiatrist a little a little infrequently once you've gotten um, things stabilized um, and a therapist more frequently, but that can change. Um, and a psychiatrist is not known to comfort, not that they can or can't. Their, their role is to see how something is working for you. And a therapist's role is to help you um, understand you. See, that happened again. And I just, it'll be my, uh, I don't know if you could hear that it was the email thing. Anyway, um, I thought I'd say that because I think people don't really know what all of those are. I know that if you do have health and if you follow me and you have health insurance, I guess I don't know why I feel comfortable. I want to work everyone through this. Um, if you have health insurance, you can go on your provider's website. Like I have Blue Cross Blue Shield. So you'd go to Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, if you are a, if you aren't in college yet and you're using your parents' health insurance, you probably have a card your parents have probably put in your wallet at a period of time. And it has like a subscriber ID um, or a, a member ID. You can use that to look up your plan and then you can search by specialty and look, this seems intensive and it is. You can also go to like BetterHelp. Those are great, I think, resources. Some people have different opinions on them. I haven't used them. I've always used the Blue Cross Blue Shield way where I've looked for behavioral health. You can also ask your primary care physician for a referral. Some plans require you to have a referral. Um, insurance is very confusing and I don't know if I will ever understand it. If you are at college and have the privilege like to be at school right now, you guys have counseling centers. I think almost every institution has a counseling center and mine was a walk-in. You can walk in usually at any time to see them and then try and make a recurrent um, time of meeting, I guess, a counselor. Um, I know school is ending and that is going to be more difficult. So um, maybe take advantage of that if you can. I didn't use the Brian. I went to Brian. I didn't go to the health plan, but I still was able to use that. So there are tons of resources um, online. Also, on top of all of this, if you don't have insurance and you cannot figure any of this out, also social workers can become thera our therapists as well. Um, but there are great resources for free on YouTube. Like I know So My Mom's a Therapist is very like she's a mutual of mine. It was like the coolest thing ever when she became my mutual. She posts YouTube videos and has her own podcast. I obviously cannot stop talking and nothing can really beat for me speaking with a professional, but I just want to make sure you guys know your options if you'd like to speak, if you'd like to have mental health care and feel too nervous to ask a parent or too nervous to and feel like it's out of reach um, because you should have access to it. And, and so hopefully this helps. Anyway, that's enough about Adderall for today. <laughs> um, I'm really excited because I see my boyfriend this week. Nick is coming to the East Coast again. He um, So he lives in California. He was on my podcast um, last time I was with him. And he will be on next week, I believe. I, I mean, he's staying. So I, I want him to have a part two. Um, feel free to like ask. I mean, I don't know. I think we'll probably just converse. I also like I feel bad because I haven't answered as many DMs as for advice, but I kind of like this pivot that we're taking in life where it's just me talking to you guys and updating you on my life because I feel like we're friends and that's kind of what I do with my friends. I guess I should I'll try and work in advice coming up soon. Um, my real goal, in case you guys were wondering in this tourist season, 
would be to have this podcast run with episodes talking to you guys and then having extra episodes where I just answer advice. I think that could be cool. But in order to do that, I would have to make like a pivot. Um, and I, and I, it's a lot of energy, which is awesome. And I love it. But if I could get like a sponsor to do that, that would be so cool. Like maybe like help with better help. Anyway, just thinking out loud here. Speaking of sponsorships, I got my first brand deal, guys, okay? I mean, I've had brands reach out to me before. I've said no to ev- legitimately every single one. But I got a, a brand reached out to me when I was in California and we're in conversations. Like I sent something to them to see if they would approve of it. Um, it's a brand obviously I used because I've said no to brands because I haven't used them. But this is one that I was going to talk about anyway. So it'd be really cool if they could, I don't know, help me on that. Um, I also have like a series on my TikTok that I'm doing about negotiations because I think being open about finances is important. And I also think that the MBA program that you guys know I'm in, I think some of this higher education stuff, it hasn't been sitting well with me how um, selective it is and how and how privileged you have to be to go. And so if I can help trickle down anything I learn and it could help somebody else, uh, it would just make me feel better. So I have some negotiation stuff on there too. I almost posted this thing to TikTok, but I didn't. So I thought I'll tell you. Um, I get lowballed, man. Like, so I had, I've said no to most brands that I don't like. I've just said no immediately. And I'm moving to California, as you guys know. And so I'm moving for three months. I'm doing like a month to month thing, but I know the month to month thing is going to end in September. And because I'm trying it out, I figured like maybe I should rent furniture. Um, because I'm going to put my furniture in storage and it just seems like more sustainable to do that, like for the in, in whatever environment. So full disclosure, like I reached out to a brand um, because I was like, hey, I'm moving to California. I'm going to rent furniture. I think if I could do it and I could show you guys the process of how it, I, I just have never done it before. Um, I'd love to do that with you guys. And they called me and it was... <laughs> So they called me. First of all, here's here's the whole thing. They they said they were going to call me. They were 30 minutes late to the call. This is like a negotiations number one. Like they were, my professor would have said like, oh, they're trying to establish power or whatever. And they call me. And they tell me that they're a smaller brand and that they don't do like paid posting. Full disclosure to all of you, I've never been paid to post anything. If I get this brand deal that we were talking about, it would be paid, which would be really cool for me, but I've never done that. So they're like, we don't do paids for posts, but we'll do. And I was like, that's okay. <laughs> Again, this is lowballing and you shouldn't say that. I was like, sure. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to rent furniture anyway. I just thought I would show you guys if maybe you could give it to me for free. And they said, yeah, no, we'll give you a discount code. And I said, oh, that's awesome. Like, I'll get to show like my followers a discount code. And they said, no, no, no. The discount code will be for you to rent the furniture. And we have some deliverables. And I was like, what? So, um... They wanted me, I'm saying this because there's no way I ever partnered with them. They were like, we want you, so all you'll need to do is one TikTok video, one Instagram video, one reel, I guess maybe that is an Instagram reel, and sign a year of exclusivity to us to never work, like for an entire year to not work with our number like competitors and the furniture is still not free and we're not paying you. So that's a perfect example of like a deal you should never take. (laughs) I was like, uh, I didn't even know about exclusivity until I talked to this brand that we might work with. Um, and apparently that's pretty standard in the industry. So people will um, ask you to be exclusive, kind of cute. And they'll say like, here are five companies that we have targeted that are our competitors. And 
because they understand that there is an opportunity cost to not talk about them. They're like, please don't talk about them for this period of time. Normally, there's a dollar attached to that. I I, um, know from my original brand, but this time, I guess they didn't find it worth it, Um, which is funny. I also want to remind you guys that just because someone doesn't see your worth does not mean you're not worthy Um, because you are. Other than that, I really don't have much to update you guys on. Um, I'm excited for Nick to come. We're going to any of you in Boston, we are going on a duck tour. So he came before and it was really bad weather <laughs> and I felt bad. And so now we're going to we're going on a duck tour and I'm so excited <laughs> um, for him because he had never been to Boston before when he before he met me. And so perfect time is Boston in the spring. And um, we'll be going to dinner with some with all my friends. I'm just feeling really lucky. Oh, one last thing, actually. Sorry. I was looking through my tweets because recently, like my Twitter. I've never been good at Twitter. Um, I don't know if this is wild to tell you all that I'm not super succinct. <laughs> so the character limit thing and I just don't get along. But I was looking through my Twitter to make sure that, um, I don't know, to see my growth and to see if there's anything on there. I mean, I have grown a lot in the past couple of years, more so than in my whole life. And I wanted to make sure I didn't sound like annoying or ignorant on there. And I'm looking looking at my Twitter and I found a tweet. I found a little tweet. It was from 2020. And it was, I posted about it on my TikTok, but it was basically like my ex who I broke up with at the beginning of 2021. And I'm through that, I live on my own and met all of you. It was saying that he had told me that I would never become TikTok famous. And listen, let's call a spade a spade. I don't know if you'd consider me famous. I think fame is, is subjective. Um, I know that I matter to a lot of people who matter to me and you guys matter to me. And it's just funny how how much can change in two years and how, I mean, in two weeks, I'm going to be 27. I, I wonder often if 27 year old me had met any younger versions of me, how I would feel. I think I would recognize me. I think it would comfort me to know how happy I was, but I think for so much of my life, I was so stressed on ensuring that everything works out. And it's funny how, no matter how much I tried to control it and couldn't, it all worked out in the end. Um, or it's worked out until now. I think it's important to remind ourselves of that sometimes. That like we sit here and it's kind of like, that's so Raven. I said that was on a live the other day. You know, the beginning of every That's So Raven episode, I loved it growing up. Um, Raven sees something, she has a vision. And then the whole episode, she goes to try and, and prevent the vision from happening because she thinks it's scary. I wonder if 25-year-old me would see 27-year-old me with bangs. I, I feel like she'd be pro-bangs. 27-year-old me who is moving across the country. Wow. I actually think she would be sad to think of that. And it's so funny to me how happy I am. And I'm moving for three months um, for now. But, you know, perspective is everything. And even if I wanted to tell her, 25-year-old me, everything that's happened in the past two years, I wouldn't be able to do it in time for her to be my, there's so many intricacies. And you know, with ADHD, I think for most of my life, I've tried to fast forward it. And I've been frustrated because you, this is the one thing you can't fast forward. And just want to remind you all, um, that's not a bad thing. Anyway, I love you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you next, actually not talk to you. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.